name is Nick Hatton, and welcome back to another episode of the PS Plus, and our very last episode in this, the Biblical Finance series. As always, I'll make it known that the PS Plus is a Living Faith Bible Institute podcast, which serves as a companion to another called The Postscript. And on that podcast, pastor and host Brandon Briscoe each week speaks to other pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute on a wide array of topics. Here on this podcast, the PS Plus, we cover more focused topics in a series format. And as I've already mentioned, this is our final episode in the Biblical Finance series. So without any further ado, let's dive back into the Word of God right now and find out more about how it is that God desires for His people to be interacting with their money on a daily basis. In our last PS Plus episode, we took some time to talk about how there is wisdom in planning for the management and the use of our finances according to scripture. And for the management of finances, that planning typically gets completed by way of creating a budget. Now, as we covered in our last episode as well, what a budget does for a believer or any manager of a bundle of income and expenses is it allows for that individual to take account of themselves and their actions And most importantly, it allows them to see clearly if a change in the management of their finances needs to take place. In order to see the fault in the management of an individual's finances, that individual must take account of themselves. And in light of what is accounted for, they have to determine whether spending habits and what gets prioritized in their budgets according to their spending habits needs to be adjusted or altogether completely changed. Now, to see the fault in our spending habits, and especially in the midst of a difficult financial season, and then to choose to make no changes, well, that's comparable to denying God repentance in light of His truth, when repentance is clearly due. James chapter 1, verses 23 through 24 tells us this, If any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth the manner of man he was. Choosing to not act in a godly way, and to straightway forget what it was that was made known of us in response to an honest account of ourselves, well, in terms of the management of his resources, that is unwise action. And not only that, In many ways, it's self-exaltation. It's a wavering and faith-lacking response that proclaims an individual's contentment is not found in the Lord's way or the Lord's outcome, but rather in our own devices and oftentimes in the pursuit of what our flesh desires. For a believer to properly prioritize the Lord in their finances and for them to act wisely and to apply really everything that we've covered in Scripture over the last four months in this series, they must approach the management of their finances and make changes to their oversight of those finances based on the idea of biblical monetary contentment, which is the topic of our final episode today. Before this can be done, though, in an individual or a household's life, one must be able to differentiate between needs and wants in life. So let's start 
off by talking about what a need and a want is with some basic definition. Needs can be defined as necessities to live and function as people, which includes and is limited to food, clothing, and shelter. Wants, on the other hand, can be defined as belongings that can improve quality of life, but are not needed to survive. Now, if you all remember, we've touched on this passage several times now throughout this PS Plus series, but we're going to read it again. And that passage is Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33, where Jesus says this, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So when I think about the topic of biblical finances, this is always my anchor verse because it reminds me of what God promises to provide for in the life of a believer if they choose to seek him first in all aspects of their life. Now, as we read through those verses, what we see Jesus say here is that God the Father knows and recognizes that we have need of food, water, and clothing. All of that's revealed to us in verse 31. So specifically, he knows that we have need of these necessities to survive. Now, if we aren't careful, and if we choose to not see God's word here for what they literally are, what we do is we can very quickly begin to lose focus of what monetary contentment is supposed to look like in a believer's life. We can very quickly begin to become discontent with what our money is able to provide for us, and therefore what God is providing for us. We start looking at God and saying that he has to give us our wants in addition to what we need, when that was never a part of his promise. And this is the beginning of covetousness ruling a believer. And as that begins to take place, then the filthiness of our flesh starts spilling over, and we start to think things like, well, so-and-so has that. I want it too. I deserve it more. It should be mine. God, however, strongly warns us against operating with a covetous mindset all throughout his word. Luke chapter 12, verse 15 says this, And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Hebrews 13.5 says this, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with, things which, with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Our wants and desires and the energy that goes into them are wasted when they aren't aligned with the Lord's will. So in terms of our finances, we have to learn to be okay with having the Lord meet our needs and not our wants. We have to become content with that. This is what leads to true monetary contentment in a believer's life. And it's not a punishment from the Lord to have to live that way. If we weren't such materialistic creatures, we'd be celebrating this promise from God every single day with joy in our hearts. A promise. 
that all our needs will be provided for if we seek the Lord wholeheartedly? What more could someone want for themselves and their families than to have all their needs taken care of? Instead, though, what we do is we fix our eyes on the blessings, the items, the products, the stuff that we can hold on to. And we take our eyes off the blesser himself. And what we've really done in that moment, as we confuse and mix up our wants with our needs as followers of Christ, what we've revealed is that our want for things, driven by covetousness, is greater than our need for and reliance on the Lord. The normal or worldly idea of contentment often gets thought of as just being okay with things being the way they are. But the thing about monetary and financial contentment is that sometimes and oftentimes it means being okay with giving things up and finding content contentment in the Lord that much more. We see this in the story of the rich young ruler in Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 30, who comes to Jesus with the question, he says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells the guy, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he says something to the effect of, young man, you do everything that you are supposed to do except one thing. You value too highly your treasure on earth. Sell your belongings and give them to those who have not. And in doing this, you'll find true treasure in heaven. And the young man's response to this is to be sorrowful because he's rich and he wants to store up his stuff. That's where his contentment is found. So Jesus' response to that is, he says that it's easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. The rich young ruler couldn't be content with giving up all the wants that he had obtained. His mindset was this stuff that Jesus is asking me to give up is mine. Who is he to tell me that I need to give it up? Well, the answer to that question is, he is Lord. And as for the rich young ruler, you know, what he really was, was he was a poor steward. He confused oversight with ownership, and it led him to a place of finding contentment, not in the Lord, but rather in the abundance of his possessions. So going back to the topic of our last episode, planning and budgeting, we should ask ourselves a question. Can you and are you willing to give some of your wants up in life to create space to prioritize the Lord and His will in your finances? Now, what I'm not saying right now, and I want to be clear about this, what I'm not saying is that God expects believers to want nothing in life and to have nothing of personal enjoyment. Believers in Jesus Christ can want stuff. They can. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 19 says this, Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth, and hath given him power to eat thereof, and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. What we read here shows us that God does give us a portion to take enjoyment in. He gives us liberty to rejoice in our labor with the fruits of it and to enjoy all the good of it. We can want stuff and we can take part in wants without conviction 
up until the point that we've prioritized our wants above and before the Lord. And at the point that we are seeking first the things of ourselves and our own righteousness, well, based on what we've read and what God's Word says, I think it's fair to say that He's not liable at that point to make sure that our needs are met. Jesus Christ already reconciled us to the Lord, to God the Father. He already met the one true need for all of humanity. So if we choose to live for ourselves entirely after that, well, that's on us. And that's something that a believer is going to have to deal with at their judgment seat. That rich young ruler from Luke 18, he needed to be reminded, and we ourselves need to be reminded of this truth with regularity. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. Paul says this, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Let us be content with our needs being met, is what we're told here. Let us be reminded that this life is but a vapor, and to live a life in pursuit of wealth and belongings, or to live a life purposefully wasting God's resources and having nothing to show for it, will direct any believer to a place of fruitlessness, a place of personal dissatisfaction. It will put a believer's future home into a place of disarray. It will become a generational sin in the life of that believer's family, their children, and their disciples. This is something that gets reproduced. And at the end of it all, it's going to land a believer in a harsh judgment seat. Godliness with contentment, though? This is where the better outcome lies for the believer. This is where we can find great gain and true treasure from the toilings of this life. So in closing, and before we conclude this episode, I'll just say this. Monetary contentment in a steward's finances is reflected in what they are willing to give up for the sake of prioritizing the Lord. And this is something that as stewards of the one true God, we have to keep in mind in order to bring Him glory in all that we do and with all that we have in this life, including the management of our finances. So believer and listener, I encourage you to manage your finances in a biblical way. Take intentional action to honor God as you allocate your income and give thanks in all things and in all seasons, knowing full well that God provides for his children as they prioritize him with their lives. And that concludes this PS Plus series on the topic of biblical finance. Thank you to everyone who joined us throughout the series, whether it was from beginning to end or just here and there. We are grateful for all our listeners and pray that you would be edified as you tune into the Postscript and the PS Plus each week to hear from contributors to the show and most importantly from the Word of God. And as a quick plug for the Living Faith Bible Institute, I'll just say this. 
Although I may work as a professional in the world of investments and finance, I'm not smart enough to come up with anything that I've talked about over the last few months in this finance series on my own. I'm just not. I attribute any knowledge or wisdom that I may appear to have to the men who have invested the Word of God into my own life and to those who have shown and taught me how to rightly divide the Word of Truth that our Lord has given to us. And so much of that investment over the last few years has come directly from the pastors and professors at the Living Faith Bible Institute, of which I am a student. So if your Bible feels like a mystery to you, then your ministry might be hindered, and it very well could be already, and it doesn't have to be that way. If you're interested in finding out more about what's happening at the Living Faith Bible Institute, you can visit their website at www.lfbi.org to get more information today. Now, with that being said, there is going to be a brand new PS Plus series starting up two Wednesdays from today, and I won't spoil the topic of that series, but I will say that the series is going to be hosted by a good friend of mine named Miles Cheadle, who is another student of the Living Faith Bible Institute and the director of the Friends of Internationals Ministry in Kansas City, Missouri. So stay tuned. For the next series to start up again two Wednesdays from today. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic and you won't want to miss it. All right, now I'm actually done. Thanks again so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time, and until then, God bless and take care.